Why am I still single? It's going to be a great message. John chapter 9, verse 1. And it reads, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Look at your neighbor and say, that's really messed up. He's going to talk about singles. And he's starting out with a blind man. That is. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither, his, neither this man nor his parents sinned but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Look at your neighbor and say, come on, work it. Look at somebody, just tell them, tell them, just work it. Just. <laughs> I must the works the works of him who sent me this day and the night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Can I preach for half a second? Don't tell God how to do your miracle. Don't, don't, don't tell the miracle worker how the miracle has to happen. You be you, let him be him. He'll do the miracle, but he gonna do it the way that he wants to do it. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seen. Father God, we're grateful. We're thankful for this moment. God, we're grateful that we have access to the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the name that is above any mountain that we can face. Any sickness that can step into our home, any discouragement, any obstacle at the name of Jesus, kingdom shift. So God, we call in your name right now and we say, have your way, speak, deliver, heal, transform, open eyes, do what only you can do. And Father God, we will be ever so careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, can somebody shout amen? Amen and amen. All right, y'all ready? We start in some trouble. Um, the Super Bowl is tonight. And nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Absolutely nobody cares because the wrong teams are playing. I'm not even watching the game. It, it's basketball season for me, okay? It is basketball season. True story. I have a conference that I have to be at in the morning and I was going to be late for the game, and they booked my ticket for Monday morning after a very unfortunate game about two or three weeks ago. I told them, change my ticket. I'm flying out Sunday night. There's nothing to watch on TV. I am. I'm gone. I am boycotting, uh, and I don't care. Um, my heart still hurt. I need healing. Um, I'm asking God why. I'm asking him why. Was he asleep? Was he... <laughs> Not paying attention to questions that need answers. This is the first year, however, that my wife and I will not be throwing a Super Bowl party. Every year, we've been married for 10 years. We have thrown nine Super Bowl parties. Hear me, the Chandler Super Bowl party is legendary. 
The Great Gatsby ain't got nothing on our Super Bowl party. I'm talking crab cake, chicken dip, hot wings, obey. It will change. Listen, our Super Bowl party, you will feel Jesus the second you walk into the building and you smell curry chicken, jerk chicken, barbecue chicken. How you like your chicken? If you like it, if you like dry rub, we got you. Now, Super Bowl parties, it, it's It's not just any old buddy that is invited to these Super Bowl parties. Our invite list is highly curated. My my family often comes to these Super Bowl parties, but they think the party is for them. They don't realize I'm not really concerned if they're there or not. I have a whole bunch of friends that I'll invite, and they'll come. They they were texting me literally leading up to, hey, what are we doing on Sunday? And I said, we are not doing anything because I'm not watching that dumb game. Catch me next year. We should have a better shot. We'll invite some friends, and my friends don't realize the party's not for them. We didn't really invite them for the party. They're there literally just to create a crowd because every year when it comes to our Super Bowl party, me and my wife, we put our head together like two old church mothers and say, who is still single this year? that should not be single any longer. And she says, well, I've got this girl. And I'm like, I think it works with this guy. Let's get them both at the party on Super Bowl. What happens when girl and guy put scoop in chicken dip at the same time? Maybe God can move over the chicken dip. If he can move through spit and mud, trust me, he can move in the chicken dip. Somebody say, God move, God move, God move over the chicken dip. Me and my wife have been playing matchmaker at Union Church for the last nine years straight. And before I was married, I was throwing these parties trying to match myself. I said, listen, can you get your homegirl to come over and can you do this? We're, 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 we're mixing and matching and doing our work. I'm going to preach in a second. Can I talk just for two seconds about the church that I see? Because I've got a vision for Union Church, and I realize that as we're growing and people are walking through the door, my vision for the church is not necessarily your preconceived idea of what church is. You may have this idea that church is a place where I come to get closer to God, and it is. If I don't know him, I'm going to learn about him, build a relationship with him. Maybe you come because God is able to heal something in your life, give you vision for tomorrow. And all. somebody say, all that happens in church, all that happens in church. But here's the deal. At some point, as you are maturing in your Christian walk, your faith should mature out of just what can God do for me? Come on now. And who is the community that God has placed me in? And how can I be a blessing to somebody else the same way that God has been a blessing to me? I don't want to start a fight in the parking lot, but hear me. Some of you are still waiting on your miracle because God told another church member to act and they haven't acted yet. Ooh, wait till I find that person. You mean I'm still waiting on this job because you ain't heard from the Holy Spirit? The Bible says that this community is supposed to be a spiritual family. 
says, treat the young ladies like a sister. Treat the, mo- the older women like a mother, like a spiritual father. Like, what, what are we saying? Look out for people the same way you would look out for family. The church that I envision is not just, I've got all the Jesus that I need and I'm growing in my faith. But no, 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 no. Are you trying to break into an industry that I'm already in? Let me see who I can put a good word in for you. Let me see how I can open a door so that you can step through it the same way somebody opened a door for me. Are you looking to get married, but the dating scene is ghetto and these people be liars? That's okay. Come on. Are you trying to live holy, but you still want to Netflix and chill? Come and chill on my couch. I'll come. I won't bother you. I'll just check every 30 minutes, make sure y'all are still staying holy, and then I'll come right. That's what church is supposed to be. I'm going to talk and preach a little bit about if you're single, how do I position myself to find the person that God has for me forever? If you're married, don't worry about it. The message will apply to you because there's some miracle that you're waiting on. Maybe not be a spouse, but there is a miracle that God is moving you towards. But first, we've got to get in our mind that their miracle is my problem. And that I'm going to make happen for somebody else what I'm believing God to do in my life. You know, am I my brother's keeper? Somebody say yes, 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 yes. Tracking with me? All right. So we're going to unpack this. We're going to unpack this. Look at your neighbor and say, I really like the pastor. Come on, tell somebody I really like the pastor. Come on, tell them, tell them. Why do I need to tell them I really like the pastor? Because you may not by the end of this 35-minute message, so I just got to get it out there. You can't take it back. You already said that you like me. Why am I still single? We had a singles night on Friday night that it, it got a little rowdy. It got a little wild. Played little games, and that was fun. Did a little Q&A, and that was fun. And then at the end, it let out, and was supposed to be like this mixer or whatever, and we had all these different rooms, and I walked into one room, and I saw seven women playing Connect Four with each other. <laughs> and I said, I'm pretty sure that's not why you came. And then I walked into another room and I saw five men in a huddle on their phone. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? I said, Pastor, we need help. We need help, Pastor. (laughs) So it turned into a auction. (laughs) We lined them up in the lobby and said, you got two minutes to pitch yourself to the room. Where you come from? What do you do? Do you have good benefits? It got a little wild. <laughs> but what I want to do is I want to add some context or some clarity to that. We'll talk about married folks next week and the week after that. But today, primarily, I want to answer the question, how do I find my forever person? Why am I still not married or whatever it may be? And I get different single people are in different seasons. They're single, and I'm young, I'm 19, I'm 20, I'm 22, and I'm just kind of getting out of college, just kind of kind of trekking and trying to discover who the world is. There's, ah, got out of a serious relationship. I thought it was going to end in marriage. It didn't. It kind of went left. It's the, man, I'm new to my faith. So honestly, prior to me coming to Christ, I wasn't thinking about marriage at all. I was just living my life, and, and now I'm looking for some intentionality to my life. There, there's, I'm newly single. 
I didn't plan on being here. Maybe my spouse tragically passed away. Maybe I had the tragedy of divorce or whatever it may be. And and I was kind of finding myself before I even looked to attach myself to somebody else. And then there's the kind of like, I'm done with it all. Long as I got King Jesus, don't need nobody else. We talked about it last week. Pastor said, okay, if I don't want to get married. uh, Yeah, as long as you are in ministry and you have chosen celibacy for the sake of the gospel. Look at your neighbor and say, that ain't me, that ain't me, that ain't, that ain't me at all. That's got nothing to do with me. There are some folks, you've been married 20, 30, 40 years and had the tragedy of a spouse passing away and you just decide, I don't feel like training another one. I don't have the energy, I don't got the time, I don't got the patience. But for most of us, a spouse is what God has for you. And it may be trauma, it may be pain, it may be sin that's blinded you, but the promise is God's best days are ahead of you as we do it his way. Here's the problem, and I'm fighting against it even in our church. In society, there's this like, if you're not married, there's something wrong with you. What, 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 what's wrong? You got bad credit. Your breath stink. What are we, what are we doing? Where are you? It's, it's, it's almost like, you know, you, you'll, you'll go to a wedding and you'll be sitting next to the old people and elbowing them and say, you're next, you're next, you're next. By the way, if an old person elbows you at a wedding and say, you're next, just wait for the next funeral and elbow them and just be like, you're, you're next. That's so messed up. That is not God. That is not Jesus. Strike that from the record. <laughs> that is not Jesus. <laughs> Seriously, though, whether it's a spouse you're waiting on, whether it's a job that you're waiting on, whether it's a healing that you're waiting on, whether it's my marriage being healed that you're waiting on, whenever you're in a season where you're not seeing what you want to see in life, I've got to caution you do not fall into the temptation of condemnation. Here it is, Jesus walking into a city. There is a blind man like many of us that is not seeing the world the way that he wants to see it. And Jesus walks in, the one that is able to change this situation. And the first thing people say is, whose fault is it that this man is in the situation that he's in? Is it, is it his mama's fault? Is it his daddy's fault? Or are they in that situation because they grew up in a jacked up home? Is it his sin? What did he do? He, he had a season of life that he wasn't walking with Christ and he was living in sin or this or what. A lot of us, not just marriage, but sickness and finances and peace and joy. A lot of us think that we deserve the misery that we're in because of some mistake that we've made. Uh, maybe you even had a family member tell you, you made your bed now. Lay in it. Look what Jesus said in John chapter 9, verse 3. Jesus answered, he said, who sinned, his parents, him, neither? This man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Come on now. It's not the mistake sophomore year that has you in a position where you're not seeing God's best for your life. 
It's not the fact that you are self-centered and walking away from God for a season of your life because the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. All things have become new. God said, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has an amazing future for you. Somebody say amen then why is the situation the way that is? Here's what God said, because I'm setting you up for a miracle. He's saying, got nothing to do with his mom. I got nothing to do with his sin. God says, when I do something here, people are going to talk about it, and we are thousands of years later. Some of us don't want our lives to be a testimony unto God. We just want what we want. God said, no, 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 no. I'm writing your story And the way I'm writing your story, your cousins are going to see that I'm real. And your in-laws are going to see. And your coworkers are not going to be able to deny because they know you. They know what you've been through. They know what you experienced. And they know your finish line does not line up with the trajectory of what your life was. God says, no, 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 no. I am working a miracle in this position. So hear me. Instead of trying to figure out, oh, the economy's bad. Oh, the dating scene is ghetto. Oh, this. Oh, that. How about you say, it doesn't matter what's going wrong. Let me tell you what's going right. What's going right is God is for me. What's going right is God's on the case. What's going right is God is going to work a miracle in this situation. When it comes to dating, somebody like, Pastor, it's not that deep. Finding somebody to marry, it shouldn't be a miracle. It's not. You can find any joker (laughs) and get married. (laughs) Whatever the opposite of a miracle is. But finding someone that was made for me, that has the same passion for God, that has the same passion for growth, has the same passion for vision, has somebody that complements the call of God on my life, hear me, that is a miracle. And I need God active on the scene. Psalm 37, 4 says this, delight yourself. Hey, don't skip words in the Bible, okay? Also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Come on, read it with me one more time. Delight yourself. Notice it didn't say only. Huh? Because if you go to church sometimes, what they'll tell you is, only worry about you. If you focus on Jesus, everything else will take care of itself. Huh? Oh, I got King Jesus. No, the Bible says there should be a lot of stuff that you delight yourself in. You should delight yourself in your career. You should delight yourself in vacations. <laughs> you should delight yourself in, man, I've got a crew around me and we cut up and have the time of our lives. There's so many aspects of my life that bring me joy. I also delight myself in God. And as God is my delight, he guaranteed that he will add everything onto me. So what, you've been on a dating app for 18 months and it didn't work out. You trying to say God can't do what only God can do? So what, you had to give the ring back that you thought was going to end in marriage and it turned, are you saying that that stops God from being God? Come on now. He said, no, 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 make me the delight and I will fulfill the desires of your heart. Amen? So what I want to do is I want to give you three thoughts. What do I do while I wait? He going to do the miracle. 
I just need to know, what do I do while I wait? Because I've had a lot of cold showers and that's not working. And I just... First one is this, write this down, write this down, write this down, write this down. While I'm waiting on God to do my miracle, I need to heal from yesterday and grow for tomorrow. I need to heal from yesterday and grow for tomorrow. This is not happenstance. This is reality. I've seen it happen over and over and over and again, but let's make it hypothetical. Let's say hypothetically, after this service at Union Church, we're all in the lobby celebrating water baptisms and some young man or some older man or some young woman or some older woman is inspired by the message and they say, I'm going to shoot my shot. Pastor said that he will give me the desires of my heart. Young man sees young woman. Young man walks across Across the lobby and says, hi, my name is, what's your name? And young woman responds by saying, who's asking? Somebody say, this ain't going well, this ain't going well, this ain't going well at all. Do you know you can repel your miracle when your heart's not prepared to receive it? You know God can actually send you a miracle, and because you didn't know that it was a miracle, you can actually chase your miracle away because our hearts are still in yesterday's trauma instead of in tomorrow's faith. God's going to do a miracle in your business. Somebody say amen. God's going to do a miracle in your marriage. Somebody say amen. Can we talk about marriage for a second? Let's say God fixes your spouse, but your heart is still broken. You having fun? (laughs) Come on now. Let's say God sends you the book of business and you still have a poverty mentality. God's going to do his part. He's going to bring the miracle. I've just got to make sure that my heart is healthy enough to receive and not sabotage what God is getting ready to do in my life. Can I give you some things that you need to heal from? You need to heal from the actions of other people that hurt you. It may be abuse, it may be trauma, it may be infidelity in a past marriage or whatever it may be, but not even realizing that yesterday's pain unhealed can abort the destiny that God has for our future. I've got to allow my heart to heal. Some of us, we don't need to heal from other people's actions. We need to heal from some of the detrimental decisions that we made. I can't tell. You know what? You ever seen those TV shows where in the, they're in the courtroom and person's in like the witness stand and, 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 the, and, and the attorney said, do you identify the offender in the room? If you see them, point them out. Some of us, if we were in the court of what went wrong in our lives and they say, point out the offender, we would have to say, I don't see the person in the room right now. But next time I walk past a mirror, I promise you, I will point them out because I can't blame my mama, no, my daddy, no, my neighbor. It's, it's me. It's me. I, I went to Ocean City sophomore year of college. I'm the one that inherited those nice silver bracelets that they put on you. And <laughs> Some of us made some decisions that wounded our hearts. And I can't tell you how many people I've ran into that God's forgiven you, but you haven't forgiven you. God says, my blood has erased it. And you said, that's great, but my memory still brings it up. 
And what happens is when we've been wounded by our own decisions, we do one of two things. We either walk in shame or we walk in justification. All indication that we're, because I made that mistake, I've canceled myself out from God's best. Says who? Not his word. Or because I don't know how to cope with the fact that I'm not perfect, I'm always going to tell you why I had no other. I, I did what I had to do. I did my best. I, you messed up. Call a spade a spade so that God can move you forward. Some of us, it's not somebody else's pain towards us. It's not our detrimental decisions. It's disappointment over the tragedies of life. Some of us buried a parent long before we intended to. Some of us experienced a loss. And even though that was 10 years ago, our life has been paused at that place. And you're trying to run into your tomorrow, but you're still anchored to the tragedy of yesterday. And God says, I've got the miracle for you, but I need you to heal from your yesterday so yesterday doesn't destroy your tomorrow. Here's the problem. How do I heal? The Bible says this in Psalm 107 verse 19. It says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. Watch this. He sent his word. And healed them and delivered them from their destruction. You know what a heart wound is? It's a lie that you believed. And the only way that you heal from that lie is when that lie is replaced with the truth. Maybe the unimaginable happened and mom walked out of your life and said, I want nothing to do with you. And by mom walking out of your life, you believe the lie of I'm not worth anything. I mean, whose mother walks out of their life? I must not have much value. It's a lie from the enemy. Somebody say amen. But then when I find in God's word that God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, took his one and only son, his most valuable possession, bankrupted heaven's account just to purchase my freedom. When I find out that I am so valuable that God valued me over the life of his son, it eradicates the lie. No, 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 no. I have value that is not described. And healing takes place in that moment. I've got to heal from yesterday. And I've got to grow for tomorrow. Luke chapter 2 verse 52 says this. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I've got two things I need you to tell your neighbor. And both of them are ignorant. So pick your neighbor correctly. <laughs> First thing I need you to tell your neighbor is grow up. Come on. Find somebody. Look them in the eye and just tell them grow up. Grow up. Come on. Come on now. Some of you intentionally picked the spouse that you were sitting next to you. I gave you the opportunity to pick a stranger. You picked your wife. Grow up. Second thing I need to tell somebody, tell the opposite person this. Tell them you ain't Jesus. Come on, tell somebody. Tell somebody. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them across the aisle. Make sure you lock eyes and tell them you ain't Jesus. I've never seen him, but I know what he looks like, and it don't look like that. You ain't. What Luke chapter 2 verse 52 said Jesus, who was without sin, had to grow had to mature, develop in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and favor. If God had to grow up, what do you think you got to do? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. Okay, God's going to do a miracle. Somebody say amen. 
whether it's in your career, your marriage, your finances. Today, we're talking particularly about being single. God has your spouse already. You know what's so messed up? You may not get married for three years from now, but he already knows today who that person is. That irritates me because I'm like, bro, why don't you tell me? I mean, it's not like it's a mystery. You know, can you let me in on a secret? I'm going to be calm. I ain't going to do nothing for three years. Just let me know what you know. The deal is God has a miracle for you. The problem is it's not for this version of you. Ooh. Come on now. Some parent in the room with a 14-year-old is already thinking, how are we going to get their first vehicle for them? But you ain't thinking about the irresponsible, doesn't bathe unless you remind them, leave all their clothes on the floor version of a child you have right now. I got a dad saying, amen. You're saying, you know, people say, oh, I'll never forget growing up. I used to tell my parents, you know, in Maryland, you could get your permit at 15 and nine months. and You get your driver's license at 16. And my dad would always say, they ain't got nothing to do with me. And I got ain't nothing to do with you. When you are mature enough to manage a 3,000-pound vehicle, we will have a conversation at 16, 19, or 25. You decide. God's got your miracle for you, but not this version of you. I mean, some of y'all aren't football fans, but, but I'll, I'll explain why the Ravens aren't in the Super Bowl, which... So you got a quarterback, right? A quarterback says hike, and the quarterback gets the ball. Then you get a wide receiver, and when the quarterback says hike, the wide receiver is supposed to run. Somebody say run. Imagine if the quarterback hikes the ball, gets the ball, and throws the ball to where the receiver was. It's kind of what happened three weeks ago. That's why we had it. <laughs> Go Lakers. Anyway, do you throw to where the receiver is? No, because they're supposed to be in their maturation growth process, matriculating down the field. You need to throw the ball to where they are going to be, not where they are right now. God, where is my miracle? Your miracle is downfield where you're supposed to be. And when you grow up and get down to where you need to be, you're going to realize right in the bread basket, seven points. Let's call it a TD. Can I give you some areas that you need to grow in? You need to grow spiritually. You need to grow in Christ. And can I help you out? That doesn't mean memorize more Bible. That doesn't mean increase how much you pray. Can I tell you what it means to be godly? Can God get your attention and direct your life? There's so many people that has Bible memorized, but they don't know how to obey God. When God says, don't go out tonight, pregnant pause. <laughs> when God says, you've outgrown those friends, how do I know God said I've outgrown those friends? Because every time you're around them, you have no internal peace. You just sense, I shouldn't be here. Can I help you out what that sense is? It's called the Holy Spirit, or if you're down south, the Holy Ghost. And what he's saying is you've outgrown this group. Uh, memorize Bible, pray, yes. But can God get your attention and say, go back and apologize? And you walk back and apologize. That's what it means to be godly. I, my steps are, or I need to grow spiritually. Can I give you another one? I need to grow emotionally. 
My two-year-old came into my office this morning, and I mean, tears streaming down her face. I'm like, what happened? Did you slam your finger in the car door? I'm a dad. I know nothing was wrong with her. I'm like, what's going on? And so she wouldn't even talk. She was so distraught. I said, what's going on? And somebody said, somebody took an iPad from her, and she can't watch Bluey. I am a millennial, but I'm also a dad. I was raised old school. I said, listen, okay, stop them tears. I can give you something to. When a two-year-old gets, I can't even say a two-year-old has an iPad. Is that not asinine? When a two-year-old is no longer able to watch Bluey and they cry, it makes sense. When you lose your job and you stop going to church because you're mad at God, Why is he so mean? Just growing emotionally means that I'm able to respond in a mature manner to the changes of life. I don't know if anybody ever told you, life be changing. The only thing that will not change is the fact that everything will change. And if you shut down and check out on life for three weeks, every time change comes your way, There's not the emotional stability to sustain whatever miracle that God has for you. Somebody say amen. Amen. This is going to seem very random. It has nowhere else to do with the message. I have to figure out where to plug this in. What I want to plug in here is what your dating life should look like in terms of timeline. And I'd like to submit to you healthy wisdom in your timeline of dating is an indication of emotional health and intelligence. Somebody say, help us, Lord. So there's phases of dating. There's phases of dating. There's phases of dating. This phase, number one, is spy out the land. Somebody say, spy out the land. Spy out the land. What did the children of Israel do? They sent 12 spies in to see if it's as good as it was said. Why would I try to attack something and conquer it when I don't even know if it's worth conquering? Hey, before you roll up and steal them digits, how about you just step back and you, you can spot crazy a mile away. Oh, they're the one. They're always at church. Maybe they're always at church because they're unemployed. That doesn't necessarily mean that that... (laughs) Stage number one, spy out the land. Do they have a life? Stage number two, we're talking. Talking, 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 talking. What's talking mean? It means we've exchanged numbers. We've expressed interest. And we're just talking. Maybe a text message in the morning, text message, maybe we're on the phone, whatever it may be, maybe going out to coffee or whatever it may be. I'm getting to know you, you're getting to know me. Okay, you guys are ready? You got two to four weeks. Period. <laughs> two to four weeks. Somebody say not less than two. Not less than two. Ladies, not less than two. Not less than two. Some of y'all, first day. So what is your intention? Calm down. Some of y'all, you got your wedding planned already. You're just looking for a groom to insert here. I need warm breathing. Listen, slow your roll. There's serial killers amongst us, okay? Give the blacklisters time to identify themselves. Slow down. Dragon, but at about four weeks, what is this? What are we doing? Is this boyfriend and girlfriend? 
or am I going on about my business? I'm, I'm not really into titles. I mean, why can't, why can't we just get to know each other? Why, why, why we got to have titles? Sometimes women are into titles, but it's mostly men. And for the men that aren't into titles, let's go back to scripture. The first job God gave the first man was put a title on everything you see. A man titles what he sees. That's the lion. That's a horse. That's a girlfriend. That's my ex. I've... But if I don't title anything, yesterday may be my tomorrow, even though it's not my right now. I like it all muddled so I can be shady. No, 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 no. What is this? Hear me. We don't, we don't, we don't got to be boyfriend and girlfriend. I can go on about my business and live my happy life. But this is where this season comes to an end. Some of y'all been six months in. Y'all talking, talking, talking. Y'all ain't speaking the same language. That's why y'all talking so long. Now, boyfriend or girlfriend, stage number one of boyfriend and girlfriend, this is once again for the ladies, this is learning and enjoyment, two to four months, learning and enjoyment. You know what learning and enjoyment means? Don't ask me about my credit score. Don't ask me how many kids I want to have, it's none of your business. Don't ask me how much money I make, it's not yours. <laughs> Enjoy each, here's, pastor, I need, I, need, I need to know if he's got a vision for his life. You don't even know if you like him. You know how many people got a vision for your life that you can't stand? How about we just find out if his jokes are corny and his breath stinks? let's, let's, Let's go out and let's throw some axes. A skill that we will never need anywhere else in our life. But apparently throwing axes is where love begins. Go play putt putt, fellas. Let me give you a little secret here. Take her ice skating. Just trust me. Trust me. Because she's going to come out the house with them heels and that makeup, and you're going to be all sweating and nervous and all that, and she's going to make you sweat. No, make her sweat. Put her on some ice skates. Watch her out there with that stanky leg. And <laughs> now it's even playing field. That one was for free. We're just enjoying each other. I'm trying to figure out if you get on my nerves or if there's chemistry. Because if there's no chemistry, who cares what your vision is? Tracking? Two to four months. Now we get into the evaluating sharing vision. It's four to 18 months. This, this, this is where we're enjoying each other, but th- th- this is where like, okay, where are you going? What's your vision? What's your values? What, what, what do you see for your future? Especially in church, you know, women get all uptight about that whole wives submit to your husband. Well, y'all got it easier. Do you see what he said to the husbands? He said, die for your wife. That I'll submit over death any day, y'all. Y'all got off easy. He said, y'all submit. Husbands, lay your life down as Christ died for the church. Nah, I'm good, okay? I'll submit. <laughs> but hear me, it's really easy to submit to a man who submitted to God. All the chirping about I don't want to submit oftentimes is because he's not submitted. A, a, a pastor preached this. He said, when you think about the word submission, just think about the breaking up submission, supporting the mission. Ladies, when you get married, you don't get to pick whether you submit or not, but you get to pick what mission you support. Come on now. And when you're dating is where you say, what's your mission? 
because I got to figure out if I like this mission. Because if I don't like this mission, I ain't going on this mission. What's your mission for your money? Do you plan on being broke your whole life? Because what I'm not going to do is support that mission. (laughs) Questions that need answers. You're, You're tracking with me. At this point, we're anywhere from six months to two years. And now you either pull out a ring or I'm out. Y'all, you hear me? You got two years to propose. Two, not two weeks. That ain't going to end well. Two years. Now, I know I got all my legalistic folks in here. What does two years mean? It means 18 months. It means two years and four months, two years and six months. I'm not saying... 24 month, 31 day on the dot. Does that make sense? But two years ain't three years. It's real quiet up in this room. <laughs> Why? Because a man has no problem making a decision. He wanted a car. He went to a dealership. He picked it. He signed up for 25 years of payments. <laughs> and he drove it off the lot. <laughs> and then totaled it two weeks later. <laughs> No, 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 no. I pick my car. I pick my job. I pick my house. I have no issues making decisions in any other area of my life. And my indecision is a decision. It's tight up in here. So like, Pastor, I, I know people that dated for seven years and we're happily married. Yes, there's always an exception to the rule. You can drive at 120 miles per hour and get to your destination safely. But your chances of wrecking before you get there are pretty high. And some of us are like, God, why am I not married yet? And the response is because you wasted too much time with someone I did not have for you. All right, we got to land this place. Second thing is write this down, write this down, write this down. You always have to change. You always have to change. Look at your neighbor and say, I really like the pastor. I really like the pastor. I really, I really like the pastor. Okay, I'm going to give you something that you've got to do as you wait on God's miracle. Don't be mad at me. It's in the Bible. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 says this. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his muscles. Because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward. Come on, read it with me. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the... One of the things I love about preaching is when you read a verse like that, the whole room assumes they know where you're going. And then when you go in the opposite direction, it's like, oh! Man looks at the... God looks at the, who's trying to get married, man or God? God's already married. He got his bride, which is the church. So we up in church saying, well, I got a good heart. That's what you ladies do when y'all trying to hook us up with your ugly friend. Oh. <laughs> but, am, am I lying? Am I lying? No. <laughs> no lies were told. Oh, but she got a good heart. I, I can't see her heart. <laughs> I'm in so much trouble. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. If you have not been on a date in the last 12 to 24 months, your community is talking and you're not listening. What they're saying is what we're seeing, we don't want to pursue. We've got to change something. Oh, let me just read my notes. It's real, it's real tight. Okay, okay, okay. I'll start with the guys. I'll start with the guys. Hey, guys, here's what the ladies say you need to change. Um, one, hygiene. We, we did this little auction on, on, on Friday, and the ladies come up, what are you looking for? And I'm thinking ladies are going to say, I need a man with a vision. I need a man with, with a career. I need a man with good... Ba-. Lady after lady after lady after lady, they said two things. I want a man with good teeth that don't lie. I said, the bar is low. <laughs> Ain't one of them homegirls said, Jesus... They didn't say a Roth IRA. They said, I just need teeth. And when I, don't lie. <laughs> Ladies, I need y'all to raise it just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Come on now. Serial killers have good teeth too. Let's just. <laughs> no, what are they saying? I know that Jesus is in your heart, but I need some Old Spice on your body. I need, I need some Axe. Did we grow out of Axe? Is that middle school? Fellas, number one, I need hygiene. Number two, you've got to look excellent. Here's what the lady said. Fashion is not required. Intentionality is. Have something more than hoodies and Timberland boots. Well, your Tim's on Tuesday, but when we go out on Friday, leave them home. Number three, they said, can he carry a conversation? Is he confident but humble? Proverbs 16, 16 says this, how much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Fellas, you okay? Can I get an amen? Don't worry about it. I got the ladies. Here we go. Ladies, ladies, here's, here's what the fellas said that they're looking for. Number one, just, I'm just reading other people's responses, okay? <laughs> just... <laughs> I don't even know how you read this word. It says body, yaddy, yaddy. yaddy. <laughs> Hear me, and I'm gonna read it so I don't get in trouble. Are you intentional about your body? Let me just read it. There is a man for every body shape, there is not a great man for I don't care anymore. Here's, 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 y'all, y'all want to date Jesus. We ain't Jesus. <laughs> Jesus looks at the heart, but Jesus gave us eyeballs. I remember what my wife wore the first day I saw her. She had these um, bell-bottom gray corduroy pants. She had, and she just told me, Jeffrey Campbell. Them heels were about this high. I should have known she was a Smurf, but I couldn't tell because she was, they look like a wicker basket because they were like all woven or whatever it may be in a white uh, kind of just collared blouse. So the bad thing is first time I saw her, I was in the middle of a message. <laughs> okay, don't judge me. It was only like 20 people in the church at the time. I'm preaching. I'm like, whoa, who's? <laughs> I got to hear a message. I got to go greet the new members. You know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the pastor. I just, 
I want to make sure the members feel welcome in the house. Don't hate me because you hate me because it worked out, my guy. Anyway, God's given us eyes for a reason. Number two, is she inviting or guardish and standoffish? After looks, the number two thing a man is looking for is joy. When I get around you, do you take the weight off of my life or do you put more on? Come on now. You in my group in Sunday school? Remember the song? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Where? Down in. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in. You know why you keep saying where? Because we can't see it up, up, up on your face. You may got joy, 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 joy down in your heart, but your face looks like, don't talk to me. <laughs> Ladies, can we bring that joy up out your heart? Come on, come on. I know you met some dogs, but I ain't one. Come on, come on. I could just, just listen. I know life is hard, but can you put that on your face? <laughs> Last one. Ladies, here's what the fellows are looking for. Are you emotionally... I love this word, consistent. You know what consistent means? It means if you're going to be crazy, be crazy. Just be consistently crazy. Come on, we're men. We're adaptable, okay? We can deal with multiple circumstances. We, if you're crazy, just let us know. So we're going to walk in the house, hide all the frying pans. We're ready to go. We're good. It's when we don't know what we fit in to walk into. That's when we're concerned. Are you happy? Are you mad? Are you sad? Who am I speaking with today? You already changed your hair so much, I don't know who you are, but. <laughs> Consistent. Sean, come save me. I'm really in trouble. Last thing is this. Write this down. Write this down. Rejection doesn't kill. Fear does. Rejection doesn't kill, but fear does. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power and love and a some. I remember the night I asked I to be my girlfriend. <laughs> Bruh, let me tell y'all, so your pastor got swag. You listen. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't want her to know because I wanted to be like a surprise. We were talking, like we were texting. Y'all remember words with friends back in the day? That was climbing in DMs before DMs were DMs. It's like, let's play Scrabble. <laughs> so we were texting. We were talking for a few weeks. and There was a worship night at some church in town. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get her to worship night. And then I'm going to ask her afterwards. So I didn't want to put her on. So I invited a whole bunch of people I didn't care about. Just so it wasn't just me and her at the worship night. And I later found out. I texted her, hey, it's a worship night in town. Do you want to come? I later found out when I texted her, she was in Philadelphia on a girl's trip. She told me she was free. Whole time, she packed up all her stuff, said, ladies, I'm out. I got to go. Can I help you ladies out? If you want a man, leave them girls' trips alone. Come on now. Because some of y'all galantines are keeping you from getting chocolate from a real man. I, I just, I'm just trying to help you out. I'm just trying to help you out. I'm just trying to help you out. Daughters of the temple, stop hiding. We don't know where you are. Anyway, so go to worship night, and y'all, I've never felt Jesus like that before in my life. She's standing next to me. I got my hands lifted. I said, Jesus, I love you. <laughs> and I think I love her too. <laughs> I 
after, after we were out in the parking lot, we're talking, and all the people that I invited that I didn't care about, they would not leave. <laughs> Blocking. Finally, they rolled out. I said, hey, I'll walk you to your car. I said, hey, you want to grab something to eat? It's like, you know, 10 o'clock at night or something like that. Hey, you want to grab something to eat? She's like, yeah. Okay, this is where there's a discrepancy. She may tell another story next Sunday. Her story's not the truth. She will tell you this was our first date. This was not our first date because we were just talking, talking. The date after was our first date. But anyway, I took her to Double T Diner, okay? I took her to Double T Diner on Route 40 in Catonsville. And you know I was doomed when we walked in and they're dragging a man out on a gurney. (laughs) Apparently, I just had a heart attack eating this sweet potato pie. And I'm like, this is not good at all. True story, honest to God. So we go in. I don't remember what she ordered. I don't remember what I ordered. I sat down, y'all. I Listen, like the prodigal son, I'd been working on my speech for like four weeks. I knew I was, well, was going to blow her mind. So I said, so I was thinking. <laughs> and I know you're thinking and I'm thinking and we're thinking. So I was just thinking. And then I'm like, you know, I got to show her my swag. So you can't just be too rushed. So I paused. And I grabbed some water, (laughs) took a sip of my water, but it went down the wrong pipe. (laughs) Y'all, I'm choking. Tears are streaming down my face. That's when I learned that that woman over there was ride or die. When I tell you she's looking at me dying in front of her, she didn't flinch. She didn't get up. No Heimlich. No nothing. I'm literally choking out. And she's just like, when you're done. So I pull it all, I mean, tears streaming down my face. I pull it all together, honest to God. So I said, so what do you think? (laughs) And she goes, I like that. I like that. That sounds good. That sounds good. What what am I I telling you? Some of y'all are still single because the fear of rejection has paralyzed you. And you're like, I I don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to have the possibility of being embarrassed. I I don't want to not look like I'm cool. So I'm just going to kind of hang back. And and can I I just be honest? No miracle comes to people who hang back. You don't got to say amen. I know I'm right, though. (laughs) And some of us, the fear of rejection has paralyzed God being able to move in our lives. And the chance that they don't want me is more terrifying than the joy of what if they do. Come on now. So I got a bunch of guys that are making her make the first move. Pregnant pause. I got a bunch of ladies that are like, I'm a prize. If he can't step to me, he's not worthy. What if he is and he's just socially awkward? I'm not saying propose to the guy. Walk up and say, what your name is? (laughs) Smile. You got all your teeth. (laughs) Jesus, who sinned that this man was born blind? Nobody. I scared the last service. I'm warning you. Grossness coming. Eyes open through spit on the ground. Pastor, I was on that dating app for six months. Ain't nothing but jokers there. I'm done. 
Yeah, but what if God wants to bring a miracle through spit on the ground? I'm not dating anybody in this church because if I date and break up, my business is going to be in the streets. Okay, but what if God wants to bring a miracle through spit on the ground? No, 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 no. I ain't going to your Super Bowl cookout because I know what that is. You're really trying to hook me up with so-and-so. I know what y'all doing. I'm good. You can't get a miracle from the miracle maker and tell him how to do the miracle. You got to decide who's going to be God. Are you going to be God? Because if you're going to be God, you're on your own. Let's see how it works out. If you're going to let him be God, just trust him to do what he does and do what the widow waiting for oil. Just put jars out and just see which one God wants to bring. The, it may be a dating app. It may be a singles connect group. It may be I'm going to this cookout. It may be I'm not going to run to my car as if somebody stole it after church, but I'm going to actually linger in the lobby just a little bit. And maybe I'm going to put a smile on my face and say more than what your name is. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give God opportunities to move supernaturally in my life. I'm not going to let yesterday's disappointment cut off my faith for tomorrow. Even if I've been blind for 10 years, God can open my eyes in one minute. My greatest days are ahead of me, not behind me. And I'm not going to handcuff God and tell him how to move in my life. God has the desires of your heart for you. but He wants to partner with you not do it in spite of you. Father God, we're grateful. God, we're thankful that you're holy, that you're good, that you see that you're involved. We say, have your way. Just where you are with your eyes, closing your head about it. If you could pray this prayer with me, say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And just give God a moment to make this time, to make this message personally. Maybe you're married and the miracle that you need is a job, is a healing in your body or whatever it may be. God, how can I position myself to receive what you already have for me? Before I close, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord. Because the reality is you can't have the miracle without the miracle maker. It all begins with him. So wherever you find yourself, maybe you're new to church and you didn't even know that Christ has a plan for your life. Or maybe you find yourself just off track in your walk with Jesus. Well, now's your moment for a fresh start. You say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. Can you pray this prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you. I receive you. I believe that you died on the cross. You shed your blood, shed all my mistakes, all of my sin, all my past can be forgiven. In this moment, I surrender. I give you all of me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Come on. Can you celebrate for every single person that just made the greatest decision?